Y'all keep praying, please. Y'all, some of y'all that know me know I can make a mess of about anything. So we, I got the FCA ain't but my jacket up wrong. But uh, need, we need the Lord, Lord's help this morning. Uh, have your Bibles turn to Jeremiah chapter two. Jeremiah chapter two. Uh, seemed like when I first started, and I'm an old man, but I'm not an old preacher. Uh, I haven't been preaching that many years. Kind of building up a little bit now, but but seems like I got kind of caught up in the Old Testament and Psalms and some of the Bible stories and all. And then seems like the last year or two, it's just it's been all New Testament stuff. But this here's been on my mind. I pray that it's for y'all. Uh, I need to get it, get rid of it anyway. I need to give it to somebody. But, uh, but Jeremiah chapter two, and if uh, Brother Clark puts always puts it on our website and all, and every Sunday Sunday afternoon he texts me. He said, "What's your title?" And I think I'm a very bad title giver. But in chapter thirteen, it talks about two evils. So if I had a title, it would be the tale of two evils. Jeremiah two. Chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the ear of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousal, and thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in the land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me? And they are gone far from me, and have walked after vanity, and are become vain. Neither say they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through the land of the deserts and the pits, and through the land of droughts and of the shadows of death, through the land that no man passes through and where no man dwelt? And I brought you unto the plentiful country, to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land and made my heritage a abomination. The priests said not, Where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal, and walked after things that do not profit. Wherefore, I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. For pass over the isles of Chittim, and see, and send unto Kendra, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. Have a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory from that which doeth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, 
and be horribly afraid. And be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of the living water, and hewed them out citrons, broken citrons that ha- that cannot hold water. Uh, you read through the book of Jeremiah. It's uh, he's called by a weeping prophet by many, and it's uh, it's can be sad at times. And he's given a bad job here. He's given a chore. He give. I mean, we all like to preach happiness, like to preach hope, like to preach the glory of God, and shout and sing, and then get excited. And we got a lot to be excited about. I mean, we serve a great God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a God that can take us out of darkness and bring us into that marvelous light. He can, we serve a God that's able to bring us from death unto life. He's a, we serve a God that's able to give us hope and a living hope. But you know, but it is a, such a thing as the whole counsel of God. You know, and and and, and Jeremiah was was charged with some hard things to do, and and he's talking to the to the Israelites. He's talking to God's chosen people. But, you know, it's very fitting for us today also. The Lord said, My people have committed two evils. You know, and and I could say that to the church today. You know, when you say church, we're not talking Mars Hill or Fairhaven. We're talking to the church as a Lord. I still believe. I mean, and 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 we ain't having to build great big buildings and and set out. Which I did. I was at a place yesterday. They set out chairs and had about 30, 40 people in the social hall. You know, which is I can almost think back to my elder. My grandparents told me about on your annual meeting, your yearly meeting. You know how crowded it would be, and you know, and, and the horses and the mules all out there in the edge of the woods, and they'd have to open the windows, and people were standing at the windows. It was almost like that yesterday. But we did have somewhere they could get in and out of and watch it on TV, on closed circuit TV or whatever they call it now. But anyway, you know, I believe we are the true church. I believe that we are worshiping God in the fashion that He is pleased with. I believe that we, 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 it's not about entertainment. It's not about, uh, uh, you know, great numbers. It's not about, you know, but it's about worshiping God. We come to church for three reasons. We come, and i got to get to my text here. We come to church, you know, to, to praise Him, to lift Him up. What a worthy God we have. And we come, but we come to God to, to, to praise Him, sing, preach, and pray, you know. And that's, you know, it ain't, it's not a spectator sport. We all in this together. We all come to praise God together. We all come to lift up His name together. And it says, don't forsake not assemble ourselves together, but encouraging one another. You know, I, during the COVID mess, we was, Mama thought, boy, this ain't bad. She said, I ain't even got to put my clothes on. I can sit around my jammers and watch two or three services. But you're not getting that fellowship. You're not getting that encouragement. You ain't getting a hug. Nobody. Well, don't let me say. She'll get on to me if I say ain't too many times. But, but you're not getting to hug nobody's neck. And I, mean, I, I like it. I like people. I like to be around people. But anyway, let's think about it. Lord said, my people has committed two evils. He said, uh, for they forsook the Lord, and they departed from His teachings. You know, they forsook the Lord and departed from His teaching. Uh, they forsook His commandments. You know, you think how? Think I, I can remember just like it was yesterday. I went to church 
and I probably done told this here. Sherry got I heard, heard a preacher today said his children has got his stories numbered, and Sherry told him she about had mine numbered. But when I went to church for all the wrong reasons that morning, but I couldn't leave the same way I went. I remember that. I remember. I remember thinking naively that life was going to be perfect after that. Cause boy, I had found why I was born for. I didn't realize we could still going to have problems like anybody else. Well, we got somebody to go through them problems with us. But I remember I wanted I wanted to go home and study my Bible. Never had wanted to study the Bible before, but I wanted to read my Bible. You know, and and but I, but I had just started a new job. I was I done. I got all the smartness I get over here today back and I went back and hired on with the railroad and I started a new job and I was on third shift and I wanted to fit in a little bit. I still had enough of that young in me that I wanted, I didn't want to stick out like a sore thumb. Now I don't worry about that. That's all right. You know, but you know, you can think about it, but I didn't want, you know, everybody thought, well, this is some, some nut and all he wanted. So I went back and tried to blend back in and this older man come up to me and said, boy, he said, what's wrong with you? I said, Ain't nothing wrong with me, sir. He said, yeah, there he is. You wasn't this way when you left you uh, Saturday morning. And there's something different about you now. Well, that's all I needed. And I wish I could tell you that every opportunity I've had since then that I have spoke in behalf of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But uh, I have failed at times. But I, I made a promise to him, Lord, when the door opens, please give me the words to say and the gumption and then the whatever it takes to get up and say them. Amen. But, they, but, but, you know... Before long, that fire started cooling off a little bit. That's kind of what's happening here. You know, we, we it don't get quite as important. We get caught back up in the world, you know. Uh, I, I, I got a lot I want to do, but I got plenty of things. But, uh, you know, you think about that. You know, we are filled with the Holy Spirit upon the day of our regeneration. You know, God chose His people for the foundation of the world. Jesus came in this world and died on that cross and died for everyone that God had chosen. But then that Holy Spirit calls us and regenerates us and borns us again and makes us a new person. And He takes us out of that miry clay and He sets our feet on that solid rock and He changes our walk to it. He'll make you get up on Sunday morning and drive a hundred miles when the church two miles from the house. You know, he changes your desires. He changes your want towards, you know. But if we ain't carrying that, we can feel with that Holy Spirit. I, I often use the demonstration because all I know is country stuff and and, uh, and, and far stuff. But, you know, but you, but you get in that truck after you've been filled with that Holy Spirit and people say, God is my co-pilot. I don't want him to be my co-pilot. I want him to be my driver and you put him behind the wheel and you let him guide your life. You let him direct you. But if we ain't careful... Hard times come and things come and we kind of get our eyes off of them a little bit and we start look, start looking at what we can do. Mm-hmm. That's when we're messing up. Amen. You know, indirectly, we don't slid him over there in the passenger seat. <laughs> you know, and indirectly, you know, we, we as we go on there trying to do things on our own, you know, what's, what's the proverb say? Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not, on, lean not unto thy own understanding. And we start thinking how we can do things. And I got to get moving here, but uh, you know, and uh, you done. He done riding in. The, they didn't back when I was boy. All old men had regular cab trucks and long wheel bases. They didn't want no short wheel bases. They didn't ride good. They said, but now we'd have him back here in the back seat if you ain't careful. Well, God don't want to be. God is not. God is a righteous God. He is a jealous God. And He is not going to share our affections with anybody. He's not going to take the leftovers. He don't deserve our leftovers. And the next thing you know, we've done put Him in a toolbox. 
you know, get him out of the toolbox, put him back under the driver's wheel and let him go. But we quit studying the Bibles and we quit being as, as concerned as, you know, about the commandments here. You know, it says they departed from their from the teaching and they forsook his commandments. You know, we I, I don't know all this Bible. I will never know all this Bible. But look at the blessing this Bible is. This, this Bible is our roadmap. It's our guidebook. You know, and, and, and you say, well, God ain't never taught me like he did Moses. He, we got it better than Moses. Because if y'all like me, if you tell me something, I'm probably going to forget it before I get back to Hoboken. <laughs> You know, but if I write it down or put it in my phone, I, I'll see it. I watch up people. They would say, "Send me a text." I say, "Cause I'll read that text again." And I sent Brother Paris a text the other night about twelve o'clock when when the Bulldogs won, and never heard nothing from him. But I, I don't know if he done went to sleep or what. But but anyway, but I need to see it in writing. And hey, God knew that. So he put it in writing and he's preserved it all these years for us to read and look at and study. You know, and we can I, we, I ain't got to do it just one time. That's twice. I said, but, uh, you know, I have not got to do it just, I have not got to read it one time. We can read it over and over and over again. Last, last couple of years, I've got, I said, I got caught up in the New Testament and I've read it two, three, four times. I started back. Thursday on the Old Testament again, and boy, I've been going through Genesis, and wow, you know that that's just that's just good stuff. All of it is. It's Jesus from the beginning to the end. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, and Jesus, and Jesus. But but but, but we we don't depart from His teaching. Don't get bored. Don't don't say, well, I can do better than that. You can't. I can tell you. Don't depart from His teachings. Uh, don't don't forsake His commandments. You now, of course, these people here. You know, we we've been in a Bible study now for, and we got criticized to start with. But I, I got criticized because we started going to church every Sunday, having church every Sunday. And I got criticized because we having Bible study. But whew, I've been criticized for a lot worse things than going to church <laughs> studying the Bible. But anyway, we, but we've done the Old Testament, New Testament. Now we're going through the Old Testament. We've been in Exodus and in the wilderness and in the Promised Land and all kind of things, you know. But but these people was they was God's chosen people, but they were struggling. They were struggling, and they was going back to the things that they knew. They were forsaking. They was forsaking the commandments, and they forsaken that fountain of living water. They was frank. They was forsaking the true God. Now they certainly, you know, they certainly. A great evil for the people to forsake him, a Lord that has been so good to us. You know, where else are you going to go? You know, you think of what God has done, you know, for you. He has given you, and we may not even get finished when we just say good, but that's all right too. But he has given you life. He has brought you from death unto life. He is. He is. He, he's. He's given you hope when there was no hope. He's given you a peace that passes all understanding. That is the true living water. The true living water. You know why? Why? Where, where can you go but to the Lord? You know, why would you choose other, you know, but we've all done it at times. We've all looked to our own understanding. We've all looked to our, our own, you know, and I, I've said several times here lately, I said, 
why do we get ourselves in a mess and pray that God get us out of the mess instead of praying God where shall I go and what shall I do mm-hmm. and if we done what he wanted us to do we wouldn't be in a mess to start with you know but look at chapter verse 6 just a minute neither say they where is the Lord that brought us out of the land of they never asked where is where is where is this God that brought us out you know where where is that God you know that on the second Sunday of June in 1979 that touched my heart he's still there now I've been here and there and everywhere at times. I mean, I, I've not always done. I've not always been in His will. But but, but what they say there, nobody has stopped. You know, where is the Lord that brought us out of the land of Egypt? Where is the God that brought us out of darkness? Where is the God that brought us out of bondage? Where is the God? I mean, remember, remember where you know. You, you, I, People, and I think grandparents have got more time for this than the, than the families do. Brother Johnson, and they're, they're doing good. But, but, but you know, I, I thought about this while back. My youngins, my, my youngins now, my grand youngins now, they don't know me before Jesus. All they know is what Grandpa is now, and all he wants to do is go to church, talk about the Bible, and, and boy, I run a bunch of sermon ideas through them, them youngins. And they come up with, you know, they'll help me complete verses that I can't remember not thinking, you know. But 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 they need to know what a difference God has made in my my life. You know, well, why I want to go to church, why I want to preach the Word, why I want to read the Bible, why we sing these songs, you know, why you know. You know, we, we, they need to know where we come from, and just don't forget where we come from. We ain't always been like this, and I know some of y'all, Sister Wanda, probably she ain't never done nothing wrong in her life. But but some of us ain't. We've done some things that ain't always been that we don't want everybody to know about. I mean, I done some things right down the road here that I don't want ever. I got an education in 1976 and 77, but it wasn't also all in the classroom. You know, you know, I'm not proud of them days, and I and I don't think I I, I got an old buddy down. He used to be sheriff, and and he had a just say not a, and he's he's a godly man now, but he ain't always been. But he'd get around a bunch of men and want to start telling these old stories. And I called him offside one day. I said, Brother Robert, I said, and he's like an uncle to me. His, his, my granddaddy at 82 years old married his mama. I said, don't tell them stories no more. I said, there's some people, this generation now don't know about all that mess that you've done. And just don't remind them. I said, you're a pretty good old fella because what God's done in you. you know. but, then, but don't forget where we come from. Don't forget what God has delivered. Don't forget that fountain of living water that never, that never runs out. His, his rich blessings have been given unto us. Don't remember. Remember what it's like. To, and I don't want to go back there. I mean, when you lose a loved one, when you get to the doctor and you get bad prognosis, is that the right word? Diagnosis. Diagnosis, you know. You know, I, I am thankful that I got a God that holds my hand. And he told me, he said, I'll never leave you or never forsake you. I'll go through it with you. You know, I, uh, I heard Brother James Isaac say yesterday, he said, I've been blessed. He said, I still got my mama and I'm still thankful for my mama, but my mama ain't doing as good as she used to do. She she don't always know who she is and she don't always know who I am. And we try to carry the church when we can. He said, I know at this point in life that mama would be better 
with Jesus. But he said, help me to y'all pray that I can remember that when that time comes, you know. But uh, anyway, I don't even remember where I'm going now, where I went. But, you know, his richest blessings have been given to us. And what, you know, what, what, what is your response? What's our response? And I know y'all in church this morning. But the world, I mean, you run, you. There's people out there today that never heard the name of Jesus. I know that. But there's a lot of people in this world that claim the name of Jesus and claim to be Christians that don't ever darken the door. I, I worked with a boy one time, bless his heart, and he's had a lot of trouble here lately. Uh, no longer working. No, they aren't able to work. But he said, I don't know what the big deal is. This is back when we was traveling church to church and going to church on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, and he thought we was crazy, and, and especially during deer season and football game and all that. He said, well, what's wrong with you? You know, he said, I went to church a time or two. I said, well, that's good. He said, I went out there and shook the preacher's hand. I said, that ain't nothing wrong with that. He said, I prayed a little prayer. I said, well, we all need to pray. He said, and I signed her a little card. He said, they put me under the water. I thought, well, they might have should have helped you a little longer. But I didn't say that. You know. But he said, why do I want to go back? He said, he's got my email address. If anything changes, he'll send me an email. I said, brother, I said, God, you know, you don't know how to respond to that. I mean, God puts a desire. In my, I mean, I don't, I don't get up on Sunday morning and, and drive over here to the called I call for my help. I, I do that because God put a desire in my heart to proclaim His word and be with His people and tell the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, anyway. But but what's what, what's what's your response? What's your, what is the response do you have? For what Jesus God has done enter your heart, in your heart. You know, what do you say in verse 7? I brought you into a plentiful country. I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. Hey, hey, He's brought you out of darkness. Isn't that marvelous life? He has put you in the church. He has put you in a, I hate to say organization, in a, in a, Body, there you go, thank you. In a body that Christ died for. And he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is God's, just like the, the, the Israelites was God's chosen people. You know, it, the church is, that's, this is God's people. He put us in there. He, he you know, he, he, what said, he brought you into a plentiful country. He, and I know, there ain't no such thing as a perfect church. Because you know why? Because it ain't because of God. That's three times. It's not because of God. And it's not because of Jesus. It's because they're made up of people. And we don't seek we don't seek the will of God. We don't seek what God would have us to do so many times. You know. Bought, bought you into bought you into the church. Bought you into that promised land. You know, I'll tell you something better than that. Let's go this a little bit farther. He if you are a child of God, He has brought you in. We had to be adopted. He has brought you in to the family of God. I'm proud of who I am. Dad used to tell me, son, he'd give me $5 told me not to spend it all. But one thing he didn't know, what he knew he just didn't think about, that old truck he let me drive, it was a gas tank out there with gas in it. So I, could, I may not have much money, but I could burn gas. 
But it don't make don't 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 shame the name. Well, we won't say that about God. I mean, God has saved. We ought to lift up the name. Don't bring shame. Bring glory unto God. You know what? What kind, what kind of God? What kind of? You know, everybody ain't coming to church. Some people on church they ever gonna see is how you living in your life. Well, what kind of? What's it say in Second Corinthians? I got to remember this over here because I won't get back. Second Corinthians chapter five. You know, it says we have we are part of the ministry of reconciliation. You know, of letting we can't save nobody, but we can be the hands and the feet that let somebody know what's going on in their life and in their and in their heart. You know, but you've been oh, how in the world was back over here? It brought you, brought you, adopted you, you adopted into the family of God. And, and some people argue and get mad and all this about inheritance and. And the sad thing is, the time I ever get any inheritance, I think Mama might outlive me, and that ain't a bad thing, you know. And I'm, I'm not waiting around on that. But they, but I'm gonna die shortly. I mean, I've done lived the biggest part of my life, you know. If I lived, if I lived another forty years, I've done lived way more than that. So that that inheritance ain't gonna be. I'm not going into uh, my brother. They give him a, a Mama give him no home place, and and she said now she's fighting everything. She's I ain't gonna give you nothing. She said, Mama, I don't want nothing else. I said, I wouldn't sell this for X amount of dollars, and plus I get to enjoy it now. Terry don't get to see his till you die. You know, but anyway, but, 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 but what did this say there? We've been adopted into the family of God and been made heirs and joint heirs with Christ. And I want to tell you, that inheritance, not only can you carry it with you, it's going to get you to where we go. It's going to get you to that place that Jesus has went to prepare for us. You know, he said, where I am there, you may be also being part, being part of the family of God, being part, you know, being heirs and joint heirs with Christ, adopted into the family of God, being joint heirs with Christ, you know, as Israel in ancient time, you know, so to many of his children in the present age, you know, they, 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 they had 12 spies. Don't go spot. God had done told them. I mean, God had done said, I am giving you the promised land. I am giving this land. That all started, I've been reading that. That all started with Abraham. It didn't start with Jacob. It started with Abraham. And I, this is the land that I have promised you. I'm going to give you, you know, and, 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 and it's the land of, 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 Fruit, milk and honey, it's the land of, of blessings. You know, set 12 spies over there, and three of them, 12, 10 of them, all they could see was the, you know, the boogeyman's, <laughs> the, the big, big giants, and all this. And that. But old Caleb and Joshua come back, we can do this. And they weren't thinking what they could do, they knew what God had promised them. So when we're facing our battles in this life today, remember, thus saith the Lord. And I, I think sometime in my life I had become the one that would always point out the bad side. You know, well, I'm gonna do this. Well, but it could. But you should not do that. I should not do that. I'm talking to myself. You know, we should be on the positive side. We should be like Caleb. Yeah, we can do this. We can do this. Not with our help. Not with what Moses can do, but what God can do. You know, but but so many of us. You know, we 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 get bogged down in the world. We get bogged down. We ain't gonna be in this world. I mean, there's a few youngins in here, but a lot of us we ain't gonna be in this world a whole lot longer. This ain't what's important. This is where we're going. You know, you know, you know what, 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 what did Paul say in, in, in Philippians chapter 3? You know, forgetting those things are behind. Not worry about it, but pressing on. Pressing on. Pressing on. Let's press on to the market prize of the high calling. Keep, keep going forward. 
You know, but join heirs with Christ, forsaken. Let's don't forsake. You know, you know hey, James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and ever, what did I say? Great gift, perfect gift, perfect gift is from above, is from God. You know, from God. And cometh down from the Father of lights. Well, what about a second? You know, and you could talk about this. You could do a whole mini sermon on this. You know, but what about the second one? Not only did they turn from the blessings of God and from the promises of God and from from God for, and forgetting what God had done for them, they're gonna try to do something with their own hands. You got the God that created the universe. You got the God that created us. You got the God that took dirt, clay and molded it together and breathed in his nostrils and life come to him. How are you going to do anything better than that? You know, you just remember this. The first breath that you ever breathed, God gave that to you. And when that's time for you to go and go to be in glory with God, he's going to take that last breath. God is, but, but, but listen to what they did. You know, not only did they forsake the Lord, but they decided, well, and when I first read this, y'all have what they used to call them citrons. It looked like a watermelon, but it wasn't nothing to it. It wasn't ever right up. And that's a disappointment when you're young and you think you found a watermelon. But that's about what they hear. I mean, they, they want to take matters in their own hand. They was going to hew out citrons or storage tanks or, or something to hold water. You know, I, we went to Texas a couple of years ago and they called a bar pit or a pond or a metal thing holding water. They call them all tanks. They call a hole in the ground a tank. But it's all for storing water. Now here they are trying to hew out something to store water in that's got to be supplied by something else. When they, when, when, when they had been brought out of bondage and carried into the promised land with a fountain that never runs dry. You know, they want, they want the, I mean, God, God is the source. You know, a fountain that never runs dry. Uh, citrons, you know, not only they trying to do something with their hands, they would, the, the citrons they were making, or the cisterns, cisterns I can tell they was making, had holes in them. Now, how many things you try to do in your, I mean, y'all may be good, but Sherry says, I ain't the best in the world doing little handy things around the house, fixing things. And if it leaks, I don't want to mess with it because it's probably going to leak worse. Now, why do you want to take and deny God and His holiness and that fountain? You know, what did Jesus tell the woman? And we'll get that in just a minute. But, uh, but drink of this water and you'll never be thirsty again and try to build something in a, a house not made with hands. You know, what God done is so much better than anything we can do. You know, uh, all, all that know the Lord personally have a relationship reborn again. We all know about that fountain, that fountain of living water. You know, we, we, we've sung about it, we've preached about it, we've talked about it. You know, it's, it's a never end. You can't exhaust the resources of God. It's never ending. You know, there's a lot about God I don't understand. All I know that He loved He loved His chosen one enough to send His Son into the world to die on the cross. You know, and He left the very portals of heaven, the place that we got a hope and a promise of going to one day to come and not just to die, to suffer and die 
for us. And it's never ending, a fountain that never runs dry. We, we, we lived over in Brandon County, and we daddy worked some in Camden County, and we'd go through, and I don't never remember being nowhere else but there, but I'm sure there are. But they had a thing over there called Artesian Well. And they, and, and they didn't want no power, they want no nothing. They had water running out of the ground, and it didn't run out. And Daddy had to take an old dirty coffee cup and go get his water. It was cool, and it was clear, and it was fresh, but it never run out. And that's just a drop in the bucket to that, flood, that well, that water that God gives, you know. Uh, it needed no outside source. That citron they was trying, that thing they was trying to build, we call it tank. They was trying to build. It had to be supplied with something else, you know. But that's that. You know, it had to become. It had to come from somewhere else. Uh, but that Holy Spirit, that that's that 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 world that never runs dry. It's continually springing up. Uh, it never ceases to flow. And that reminds us all about the Samaritan woman. That, that Jesus went this way, and this woman came up there, and he couldn't understand why she was even. He was even talking to her because he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan and they would look down upon, you know. And Jesus Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And she looked at him. What do you mean, give me give you a drink, you know. Uh, let's read just a little bit of that in John 4. Uh, Jesus said, Jesus answered and said unto her, verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God and who... It is that saith to thee, Give me a drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. That's, that's us, you know. We're thinking of what we can do. It ain't about us, it's about him, it's about God. You know, you have nothing to draw with. Uh, you have nothing to draw with. Let's see. The woman said unto him, Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. For whence thou hast thou the living water, and thou uh, art thou greater than our father Jacob. Well, that's an understatement, wasn't it? Asking, Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us these wells, and drank them thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And Jesus answered, and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. You know, we 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 are I'm gonna tell you, I'm just about to start meddling a little bit, so y'all hang on. You know. We have been blessed of all people. And I ain't saying we the only people going to heaven by no means. But God has blessed us to understand a salvation that's God and God alone. That it ain't God plus nothing. Jesus said, I ain't the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I can lay down at night and I ain't got to wonder. That's five times. I have not got to wonder whether or not I have done everything that I should do. Because I know God has done everything that He said He would do. When Jesus said on that cross, it is finished. It was finished. It's not about man. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. But it's so easy. It's so simple. You know, the world, world, I don't know why the world has such a scare. Predestination and election scares some people to death. 
I got a brother I love dearly, but he's a preacher of another order, and he can't. That just blows his mind. I then I it just, we just don't we choose to talk about other things, you know, because uh, uh, God's gonna have to change his mind if it gets changed. But you know, there's other people out there, and they're God's people. I can't help believe that. But anybody that gets to heaven is going to get there one way, and that's nothing but the precious blood of Jesus. But you got people out there that think that they can lose what God has given them. You didn't do nothing to earn it, you're going to do nothing to lose it. But, I, you know, and I told them, what about if you live a little closer, so be it. But I would hate to know I had to go through life wondering that if I had lost something that I had done nothing to receive. You know, thank God. Thank God. You know, it, it 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 is eternal. It is complete. It is finished. You know, we don't have to go over that. It is simple. It is God plus nothing. God plus nothing. Jesus said, "Give me to drink." You know. Anyway, then, but he's but uh, verse fourteen. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give, this is Jesus that I shall give him shall never thirst again. Shall never thirst. I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Hey, I Jesus, Jesus said, Died on that cross. Jesus, and you know, sin came sin for me. The Jesus that hung on that cross and the agony that he suffered was because of what I have done and what you have done because of my sins. He bore our sins. He said it was, it is finished. You know, and it's done. It says, spring up unto everlasting. Now, you know, that ain't all he done. He had victory over, he took the, he took the death. Where is our sting? He took the ink out of death. He took the victory out of the grave. I can remember being a, a young boy, a young man or an old boy, somewhere in there, and he wondering, wondering why I was even born. You know, Mom and Dad didn't ask me nothing about it. You know, that, and, and, and all you're going to do is be born a while and die and put you in a box and you're going to rot. I just assumed that left me where I was at. You know, but then I, God opened my eyes. He changed my want to her. He changed my desires. And I realized what we was created for. And I want to tell you something else. He ain't left you here by accident. And I've often thought, well, that day I come up out of that river, I ain't never, I know baptism don't save you, Jesus saves you, but I ain't never felt no cleaner, no pure. And I told you, I, I mean, I thought life was going to be perfect at, at night. They said, he ain't promised you a rose garden. But anyway, but you know, but he's with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But you, clean, you're pure, you've been born again. And I thought then, God just carried me on home. I mean, I'd be bored, I'd mess this thing up again, you know. But he, but he left us here for a reason. He let, You're not here by accident. He's left you here for a reason. It probably it may not be to preach, it may not be to do this, but everybody's got a minute. He said the ministry of reconciliation. You know, I've been seeing a lot of old folks at the house that was in the bed, couldn't even get out, couldn't come to church no more. And somebody, oh, you, you, you ain't got time to do all that. But, but I left there with a bigger blessing than they got. I can impress you. God used them to minister to me and stoke my fire up a little bit, encourage me a little bit. You know, I know people that, that, that call people, and I'm a bad, I had to learn how to use my telephone a little better during COVID. You know, I want to see you. 
I won't lay eyes on you if I'm going to talk to you. But but I've got better telephone. But this, some people are just put in this world to be encouragers. We need encouragers. We need encouragement. You know, we need somebody to remind us that God said, Jesus, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Anyway, back to the second evil. Not only did they forsake the living water that never ends, they hewed out these cisterns, these tanks, these, these holding things. And uh, to supply water, it had to have an outside source. I want to tell you, as a child of God, you don't need no outside source. God is the source, and it's a source that never runs dry. It's a source that never runs out. You know, why tell me? Now, why try to tell me or convince me to lead? This is God. Listen now. I had, I had I, this thought come to mind. I had to check myself, make sure I wasn't talking, talking wrong here. Now, why are you going to leave the source to make your own source with your own hands and then to depend upon another source to fill your source that you created? I mean, it don't make sense. Why are you going to leave? The, hey, if you don't remember nothing else, there's nothing better than God. There's nothing better than Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no better way. There's no better way. If Jesus has found you and opened your eyes and, and changed your life and give you hope when there wasn't no hope, they don't look nowhere else because it don't get no better. Only time it's going to get better than that when we're looking upon Him face to face. You know what's going to be the best? Ain't going to be no more tears, no more crying, no more heartache, no more sickness, no more surgery, no more doctor's appointments, no more funeral home. But you know what the best part is? I ain't got to worry about this old sin nature no more. It's going to be gone. I ain't got to fight it no more. It's over with. It's gone. You know, you ought to be, you ought to better yourself. You know, to, to not go backwards, but go forward. Let me, let me read just a little bit right here, Mark. I think I marked it. Let me see. Yeah, Mark chapter 12. Look at Mark chapter 12, verse 27. Just a minute or two here. He is not the God of the dead. That's the God we serve. That's the God that has saved us. That's the God that loved us, sent his son. He is not the God of the dead. You know, it tells us right before that he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. That tells me right there that Abraham and Isaac, and though they died their natural death, they live in, I mean, he's not the God of the dead, he's the God of the living. But he is the God of the living. Ye therefore do err greatly. And one, let's see, and one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, said unto him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered to him the first commandment of all. Keep it simple. Just love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, body, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. You know, that's the two greatest commandments of all. There's only one God. It ain't, it ain't confusing. You ain't got to make a choice. There's only one God, one true God. All these other things, these people worship that old fat man, that old booty feller, and all that stuff, and it's all this stuff. They all got a grave to go to over. We ain't got a grave to go to because our Jesus conquered the grave. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, right now, making intercession. 
I can see sometimes I mess up and I go, Lord, I've done, I've done it. And he said, and I know God don't need to be told nothing. But I can just hear Jesus. He covered blood. He's washed in the blood. You know, you know. Hey, but I don't, I don't relieve us of repenting and asking for forgiveness. He told you, save you, save you, yeah. And I got to finish. I know. If you haven't sinned. If you haven't sinned, you tell him a lie. You say you haven't sinned, tell him a lie. But if, but if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and put you right back where it was that day that you first first got to know him. There's only one God. There's no other but he. There is nothing no better than the God that we serve. But they're, 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 here they are hewing out something. It's made by hand. I'm hewing out the cisterns. Uh, they had quit trusting in the Lord. They're taking matters into. You ever done that? You ever took matters into your own hands? We know I got to do. We kind of raised that way a little bit, which it was wrong. You know, be a man. Now pull your boots on. Buy, pull your boots on by the straps and go take care of it. But trust in the Lord. <coughs> Lean not into it. Don't rely on yourself. Rely on what what God has done. You know. I you know, trust in him. Uh, uh, I can't believe I wrote that down. <laughs> I says there, I'm not the smartest person in the world. You know, I, I mean, I'll admit that, but I didn't want to see it in writing. But the smartest person in the world. But even I know that they was going away from home when you leaving the blessings of God to do what you can do. You know, oh how different. Think about it. how different from a fountain flowing with living water that if you drink of, you'll never thirst again. Water springing up into eternal life. You know, yet they was trying to do better by hewing out their holding tanks. And they had cracks in them. I'll tell you, most of what you do in your own power got a few cracks in it. You know, you, gonna, you make mistakes. God don't. Hew out. Once again, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the only way. To turn from the true service of God is to forsake the fountain of living water where there is joy, hope, peace, everlasting life, blessing, blessed consolation. I didn't ever get to it while I go. I get, my mind starts going too many places at one time. But you think about sickness and heartaches and all that. But think about, that's where I would go and talk about it. But losing your mother or your spouse or hate to think about it, a child. How do people go through that without God to lean on? I am weak. I am undone. I need God. I profess, confess that the all this morning. I can't go through all the trials and heartaches of this world without God. You know, the fountain of living water. You know, can you even imagine someone leaving leaving a God that we serve to turn to their own inventions, the inventions of man, engaging things and pretending, pretended service of God which man has invented. Hew out that broken sister. It's a great evil to do so. May the good Lord keep us single-eyed. And my daughter, I said my old granddaughter, when I do something she don't like or say something, she said, Grandpa, I got my eyes on you. <laughs> but pray that God would keep His eye on us, but make us single-eyed. Yeah. You know, to look to Him. I know we got to live in this old world. He left us here. But don't 
You know, what's it say? If we serve two masters, we're going to end up hating the one. And Lord, I don't want to hate God. You know, let's have one master and be single line. And may the good Lord help us to leave everything else alone and follow Him. Faithful to God and God alone and to His cause and to His service. Faithful to the, to the greatest calling of all. And I ain't talking about the calling to preach. And I think it's a greater calling than being president of the United States. I'd rather be here today than be in the White House by far. But here we are. You know, the greatest calling. Hey, boy, you, do you realize how blessed you are that God has changed your want to her and give you desire to wake up and get, I mean, I know y'all, it's time to quit, but I want to read one more scripture. I'm getting out of the way. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. I can't even remember what was there. But I got, wherefore? Thou art no more a servant, but a son. Mm. You've been adopted into the family. A child of God. Whew, ain't no better place in the whole everything than that. Adopted in. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Not what we have done, but what he's done through Christ. How be it then? When ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, remember this, but now, after you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back not believing. I don't want to go back not having no hope. I don't want to go back not having no hope. I don't want to go back laying down and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm 64 years old and I ain't going to live much longer. What's going to happen? I know what's going to happen to me. You know what Paul said? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. And I believe this with all my heart. When I believe my last breath here, I'm going to drink with my next breath in heaven. And I, I told that the perfect Sarah, you know, just go to sleep one night, kiss your wife good night, roll over and go to sleep and wake up in heaven. Just have a new meddling address. What it means is, are you crazy? You ain't going to buy that. But I'll be more alive than I've ever been. And I will never have to die. I mean, it's, it's, it's out of this world. Anyway. 